0: Our scripture reading this morning is Psalm 23. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And our text this morning is just the last part of verse 3, just these words, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So this morning we return to the peaceful atmosphere of Psalm 23. This psalm exists not because there are no threats or dangers, but because the sheep are trusting in their shepherd. One of the great blessings of the Christian faith is that it is possible for the people of God to have inner peace even while there is turmoil all around them. And the reason that it is possible is that the one who has committed himself to care for them Is Almighty, is the Almighty, wise and loving God of scriptures, the one for whom nothing is impossible, the one who is able to bring good out of evil, the one who in ways that are beyond our comprehension is working everything in our lives together for our temporal and eternal good. In Psalm 23, we who believe in Jesus and follow him are assured that God is our shepherd and that therefore we shall not want. God has taken it upon himself, the task of being our shepherd, and that means that he will keep us in his care, that he will direct our lives so that we flourish in his care. And because of that, we can have peace. Jesus himself tells us not to be anxious because God our Father is committed Uh, to care for us. This morning, then, we'll listen to the word of the Lord. that comes to us in the second part of verse 3. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me. Sheep follow their shepherd. They are not driven. They are led. That's the imagery here. And Jesus uses the same kind of imagery in John 10, 3 and 4, when he says of the shepherd of the sheep, quote, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own by name, his own sheep by name, and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. That's a beautiful picture. There's a relationship between the shepherd and his sheep, the sheep know the voice of of the shepherd. The shepherd calls his own sheep by name and he leads them, he goes before them. The sheep follow because they know the shepherd and they trust him. It's a beautiful picture. Both Psalm 23 and John 10 use this imagery to describe the relationship between God and his people, between Jesus and his followers. The imagery of sheep following their shepherd teaches us that the sheep follow their shepherd voluntarily. They're not being driven. They're not being forced to go somewhere against their will. They're following the shepherd because they know the shepherd and they understand that their well-being is tied to going where the shepherd is leading them, even if that sometimes is through a dark valley. This does not mean that the sheep are always very good at following their shepherd. The Bible also speaks of sheep going astray. The poet who wrote Psalm 119 confesses in verse 176, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. And in Isaiah 55, 6, we read, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of, of us all. So clearly sheep going astray is a an important biblical image as well as sheep following their shepherd. But the work of God in salvation transforms the sheep so that they follow their shepherd. The work of God in salvation makes us willing to follow our shepherd. The work of God in salvation enables us to see and to understand that our well-being lies with following our shepherd. Our Westminster uh, Confession of Faith describes this process in the the chapter on effectual calling. And it says there that God, quote, by his almighty power turns them, that is his people, he turns them to what is good and... (coughs) effectually draws them to Jesus Christ. Yet he does this in such a way that they come most freely, being made willing by his grace. That's chapter 10, the first paragraph. So the the human sheep that follow their shepherd willingly They do so because God has changed their hearts from hearts that go their own way to hearts that desire to follow their divine shepherd because they love the shepherd, they trust the shepherd to lead them in the best possible way. The Bible emphasizes that there is a gentleness about a shepherd leading his sheep. There are two passages that make that especially clear Isaiah 40 verse 11 says he will tend his flock like a shepherd he will gather the lambs in his arms he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young and then Hosea says in Hosea 11 verse 4 I led them with cords of kindness and with bands of love that's How the great shepherd leads his sheep with cords of kindness and with bands of love. So the leading imagery, the imagery of sheep being led, is the opposite of the imagery of driving. The sheep follow because they have been made willing to follow. They know the shepherd, Jesus emphasizes, they know the voice of the shepherd and so they follow him because they trust that he is leading them to provision and to well-being and to safety. Another important idea associated with the Lord as the shepherd who leads his sheep, the idea of God leading his people is often used in connection with the wilderness journey from Egypt to the promised land. So in, in, in Psalm seventy-seven twenty. We read, you led your flock your your people like a flock, so we have the shepherding imagery there, by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So the reference is to God leading his people through the wilderness to the promised land by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And we have similar imagery in Acts or sorry, Exodus fifteen thirteen. Uh, in connection with the wilderness journey, says there, you you have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed, you have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. So this connection between the Exodus, the wilderness journey, and the promised land is an important one for understanding the biblical picture of God leading his people because the the exodus and the wilderness journey to the promised land is a central biblical type of salvation. It's mentioned or it's alluded, times, alluded to many, many times in the rest of the Bible, including the New Testament teaching about salvation. And in that light, just listen to the words of Jesus in John 10, 27 and 28. He says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. The shepherd is leading the sheep to a goal, to the ultimate blessedness of the promised land. That's the ultimate that's the overarching image of the sheep being led by the Lord their shepherd. He's leading them through the wilderness of this life to the destination of the ultimate fulfillment of the promised land, the new heavens and the new earth. Well, how does the shepherd lead his sheep? Jesus gives a wonderful answer to this question in John 10, the Good Shepherd passage. He says a number of things there that have to do with the leading, following relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. In verses 3 and 4 of John 10, we read, The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. So the shepherd leads by, <coughs> by speaking. <coughs> he leads by calling his sheep by name. He leads by going before them. And the sheep follow because they hear the voice of the shepherd and because they know his voice. That's the imagery. And the interpretation of the imagery is easy enough to figure out from the rest of the Bible. The shepherd leads his, his sheep by speaking, by his word. And when we think of how Jesus shepherds his people in the Bible, it is the word. The Bible, that is front and center. The Bible is the word of God, which is the word of Christ. When Jesus led his disciples while he was still on earth, he was always talking to them directly. But um, in the Old Testament, God occasionally led his people by speaking to them directly, particularly in the earlier parts of the Old Testament. But mostly he spoke through Moses and through the prophets. So we read in Psalm 25, 5, lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. Psalm 27, 11 says, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Psalm 43, 3, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. So the good shepherd leads his people by speaking to them and they follow him by walking in the path of life that is described in the words that he speaks. The whole Bible is about the meaning of life, about salvation in Jesus, about the life that salvation results in. It is the word of God. It is the word of Jesus. And it is largely through that word that Jesus leads his people. It's largely through that word that the Lord, our shepherd, leads us. The word is very central. So just think, we can't see God. He does not speak to us directly now like he did to Abraham. We can't see Jesus because he is in heaven. There's some knowledge of God and his way that is built into us and into the rest of the Creation, but God has left us His Word, the Bible, and that is the primary way that He speaks to us. Second Timothy 3:16 says, "All Scripture is breathed out by God, and is profitable for for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness." Clearly, Scripture is at the center of the way in which the Great Shepherd leads his sheep but there's a there's a personal and subjective aspect to this jesus says that the shepherd calls his own sheep by name he says that the sheep follow him because they know his voice so jesus speaks to his sheep in a way that he does not speak to everyone he calls his own sheep by name he doesn't call everyone by name And that's what happens when Jesus, through his spirit, effectually calls his people. The word goes out to a great number of people through preaching, through evangelism and missions and teaching. In some it makes no impression at all. But in others, the call of the shepherd is heard personally. All are equally deaf to the voice of the shepherd. By nature, but to some the word comes with transforming power, so that like the dead Lazarus in the grave, they hear the life giving word of the shepherd and they begin to follow him. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd, their hearts have been changed so that they perceive that God is speaking to them through his word. The word, the Bible, is <clears throat> seen to be the living word, the living word of a living shepherd. The sheep perceive that the shepherd is calling them by name. They perceive that the Bible is addressed to them. Heidelberg Catechism captures this personal aspect in its definition of faith. In answer 21, it says, True faith is not only a sure knowledge <clears throat> by which I whole as true, all that God has revealed to us in scripture, it is also a wholehearted trust which the Holy Spirit creates in me by the gospel that God has granted, freely granted, not only to others but to me also, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, eternal righteousness and salvation. And it's that not only to others, but me also. That captures the idea of the sheep hearing the voice of the shepherd in the scriptures addressed to them personally. Jesus, the great shepherd, he calls his sheep by name. He sends his spirit into their heart so that they perceive that the promises and commands of scripture are addressed to them. Personally, And so they come to know the voice of the shepherd and they follow him. Now in understanding how this works out in practice, the Bible makes it clear that, that uh, some of that shepherding by the word happens through the human under shepherds that God has consistently utilized in his shepherding of his people. We see this in Psalm seventy-seven twenty, which I've already quoted to make a different point. But here we see the psalmist says, "You led your your flock like a you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron." So God led His people as their shepherd from Egypt to the Promised Land, but He used Moses and Aaron to do so and their role was to lead according to the word of god to apply the word of god and to implement it in their leadership of the people and this role of human shepherds human under shepherds continues in the new testament in the office of elder and which includes the office of pastor pastor literally means shepherd first peter 5:2 tells elders to shepherd the flock of God. Acts 20:28 20, tells elders to pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. So God as our shepherd leads his people through his word directly, but also through human under-shepherds helping them helping the sheep to apply the word to their lives. That happens through preaching and teaching, but also through applying the word to families, to individuals, for encouragement, for correction, and for warning. It's so one more level here because the sheep are also to instruct and encourage and correct one another. In Romans fifteen fourteen Paul wrote, "I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another." And First Thessalonians five eleven. Church members are to encourage one another and build one another up. Clearly, God's shepherding of His people means by means of His Word. It also includes other Christians helping us to apply that Word to our lives. Certainly, God leads His people directly through His Word, but the biblical teaching on shepherding places considerable emphasis on the involvement of elders and of Fellow church members, our individual relationship with God is vital and essential, but our Shepherd has so ordered things that He also involves other people in shepherding us. But either way, the key—either <clears throat> way, the key way He shepherds us is through His Word. And we should not lose sight of the tenderness of the image of the shepherd leading his sheep. There's an intimacy about it, as Jesus' description in John 10 makes clear. The shepherd calls his own by name. They follow him because they know his voice. Sheep follow their shepherd because they trust him. They know that he's leading them to a good place and that the root that he has, the root that he has chosen for them to get there is the best possible route. As sheep of this shepherd, we trust that what he teaches us in his word about sin and salvation and the way to live is true and trustworthy, that it is all motivated by love and a genuine concern for our true and eternal well-being. The picture of the Good Shepherd leading his sheep is designed to foster confidence in the way that God directs our lives through his word. From our side it means that we must look at what God says to us in the Bible as the main way that he is leading us through life to the goal of blessedness that he has in store for us. So we spend a fair bit of time thinking about the shepherd leading the sheep. <clears throat> our text in verse in, in in Psalm 23 mentions the kind of paths that the Lord, our shepherd, leads us on. He leads me in paths of righteousness, and the literal meaning of the Hebrew text is he leads me in right paths. The phrase paths of righteousness is an interpretation of the literal meaning. It's a proper interpretation, as we'll see, but it's important that we begin with the literal interpretation. He leads me in right paths. Here we are still in the world of literal shepherds and literal sheep. Paths of righteousness does not make sense when you are speaking about literal sheep but right paths does the shepherd leads his sheep along the paths that lead to pasture and water and safety the term right paths implies that there are also wrong paths there are pl- paths that lead to places that are not good for the sheep there are paths that lead to places where there is no pasture or no water There are paths that may be useful for other purposes such as getting from point A to point B but are not good paths for sheep to travel on. A good shepherd knows which paths are the best for the sheep and he takes them on those paths. It suggests another application to the way in which the divine shepherd leads us, his human sheep. We have seen that he leads us by his word but here we see that he also leads us by the circumstances of our lives. The paths that our lives take are influenced by choices that we make, but they are also very much influenced by circumstances that are very much beyond our control. We have no, we have no influence on the family we are born into. We have no influence on the country we are born into. And there are many aspects of our daily lives that are totally outside of our control. The path of our life is determined by a mix of the decisions that we make and circumstances that are beyond our control. And those circumstances that are beyond our control are ultimately controlled by God. They belong to the right paths along which our divine shepherd leads us. So when Psalm 23 says that the Lord our shepherd leads us in right paths, part of what that means is that the circumstances of our lives are part of his leading of our lives. And that is a, is a wonderful thought, the circumstances of our lives, the many things that are completely beyond our control, they are not random. They belong to the right paths that our divine shepherd is leading us on paths of our lives are a combination of our own decisions and our circumstances. But through all of that, our divine shepherd is leading us in the right paths. But the right paths are also righteous paths. It's a legitimate interpretation to move from right paths to righteous paths because <clears throat> it is the path of righteousness that leads to life and the path of unrighteousness that leads to death. And that is a pervasive biblical theme. Just think of the last verse of Psalm 1, verse 6. For the Lord knows the way or path of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So the right paths upon which the the, the shepherd leads his sheep are also righteous paths. By his word, the shepherd instructs us on how to live righteous lives through his guidance and power and by our circumstances. God places us in situations that are designed to train us in righteousness and holiness. That's the meaning of Romans eight twenty eight, which says that God works all things together for the good of his people. That's why James in James 1, 2, and 3 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect and that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing this is our shepherd leading us in paths of righteousness both the leading of his word and the leading of in the circumstances of our lives are designed to enable us to follow him on paths of righteousness And when it comes to Jesus as our great shepherd, the entirety of the salvation that he accomplished for us is designed to enable us to walk on paths of righteousness. One of the ways that he leads us on that path is his own example. The ultimate expression, the ultimate example of a righteous life is Jesus' life on earth and following him includes imitating him. The final part of the sentence tells us why our divine shepherd leads us in paths of righteousness. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Whatever God does, he does for his own glory. And there is reason that God, and the reason is rather that God is God. And the highest good in the whole universe is the glory of God. This has to do with the godness of God. This has to do with what God is truly like. He is the perfection of all perfections. Everything about God is worthy of praise. And it would be wrong for him not to do everything for his own glory. So God says in Isaiah 42, 8, I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Ephesians 1, 6 says that the reason that God saved us in Christ and adopted us as sons is, quote, to the praise of his glorious grace. That is why the... Lord our shepherd leads us in paths of righteousness, it is for his name's sake. One of the wonderful things about this is that God's glory and the salvation of his people go together. We experience the greatest good in life by being led by our shepherd in paths of righteousness, but that is also the way that God is glorified. That is both humbling for us, but it is also exhilarating. It's humbling because it means that life and salvation and being led by the Great Shepherd is about the glory of God before it is about us. We are not at the center of things. God is, and it is his glory that matters most. But this truth is also exhilarating and comforting and encouraging because it glorifies God to be our shepherd and to lead us in paths of righteousness. He does it for his own name's sake. And what that means is that God seeking his own glory through being our shepherd and leading us in paths of righteousness is at the same time the greatest possible blessing for us if God is glorified by being our divine shepherd and keeping us as his sheep and leading us on the very best possible paths to the heavenly promised land, it means that we could not be more secure. It would diminish his glory if we as his sheep were harmed in any way and if we did not flourish under his care. It would mean that he was failing as our shepherd and that cannot be. What a wonderful thing to think about about our lives. Wonderful way to think about our lives. The Lord is our shepherd. He leads us in paths of righteousness. Jesus is the good shepherd who calls his sheep by name, who leads them out. And God has demonstrated the greatness of his care for his sheep in that he gave his son to die for the sins of his sheep. Jesus has demonstrated the greatness of his care for the sheep in that he lay his life down for his sheep. Well, this theme is very comforting for us. If we think about our lives with their ups and downs from a human perspective, it's comforting to realize that we are being led by a divine shepherd whose own glory is tied up with our well-being. That is not necessarily our this-worldly comfort. It is our eternal well-being that God is concerned about. God is leading us on paths of righteousness, not necessarily on paths of ease and prosperity. But at the same time, this theme speaks to our responsibility to follow our divine shepherd. We may not not take comfort from this passage if we are not following the shepherd. One of the signs of being one of God's sheep is that we are following the shepherd by walking behind him on the path of righteousness doesn't mean perfect righteousness, but it certainly does mean being serious about walking on the path on which the shepherd is leading us and not going on our own path doing our own thing. But our shepherd is gracious and a gentle shepherd. He gathers the lambs by his arms. He carries them in his bosom. He gently leads those who are with young. He deals lovingly and gently with the weaker sheep. He gently restores those who stray. So let's go forward in our lives, trusting that our divine shepherd will take care of us and lead us through our lives on paths of righteousness all the way to the promised land. Let's pray. O Lord our God, You are so great that you are beyond our thought and yet you have revealed yourself to us in all kinds of different ways in your word using examples and images that we can understand. We thank you for this wonderful image of the shepherd and the relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. Thank you for this wonderful psalm for the great comfort that it is for your people. And Lord, we pray that it may be such a comfort for every one of us, that we may be encouraged, that we may be drawn closer to you, to the Lord Jesus as our great shepherd, that we may walk before or that we may walk behind you, that we may follow you with confidence and being drawn by those chords of love of which we read. Lord, we are so grateful for the truths that are conveyed to us in this psalm, and we pray that they may be more and more part of the, the very the structure of our thinking, of our minds, that we may live our lives comforted and directed and uh, just encouraged by this wonderful truth from day to day that you are our shepherd and that we are your sheep. We Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our great shepherd and for laying down your life for us. We thank you that you have promised that nothing will ever be able to pluck us out of your hand. We thank you for that great security and we pray that it may be of a great encouragement to us to follow you and to seek to be like you in the way in which we live our lives. Hear us in Jesus' name. Amen.